0: The strange but true story featured on this podcast contains details some people may find unsettling. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Chaya Samuel and things are about to get weird. Hi, hello, welcome back to another episode of Things Are About To Get Weird. I'm so glad you're joining me today and hopefully this week my voice is sounding a little bit better. I'm still recovering from COVID but I think I sound a bit less awful than I did in episode 11, so that's a silver lining at least. After the heaviness and really tragic nature of last week's episode, which was all about the angel of the meadow murder, I've decided to take things in a bit of a different direction this time. When I first started this podcast, I mentioned that I love the kind of strange stories that once you hear them, you can't wait to retell them to someone else because they're just too bizarre to keep to yourself. And today's story is the most perfect example of a tale like that. I'm going to be telling you all about the brothers who came to be known as the Jim Twins. Not only does this story have one of the highest numbers of twists and coincidences I've ever come across. It's also really quite heartwarming. In the very first episode of Things Are About To Get Weird, I mentioned that I truly believe that twins have a special connection. So when I came across this story, I was immediately hooked in. It is so fascinating. So without further ado, allow me to introduce you to James Edward Lewis and James Arthur Springer. Our story begins on August the 19th 1939 in the US state of Ohio. A pair of identical twin baby boys born slightly prematurely to their 35 year old single mother are put up for adoption immediately after their birth. Very little is known about the twins birth mother other than that she was an immigrant and unmarried and given that this was 1939 I'm sure this was a very very difficult situation for her to be in. Just weeks later, two separate families step forward to raise and love one of the children each. Firstly, the Springer family, who were from a town called Piqua, Ohio. The second family were the Lewises, who resided in Lima, Ohio, which is a city in Allen County, just a 40 to 50 minute drive from Piqua. The twins were initially placed into what was then known as Noop Children's Home in a town called Troy, Ohio, until being separated and placed with their adoptive parents, and their new families were completely unknown to one another. Although not completely shocking, as it is a very common name, both sets of parents decided to name their new baby son James, or Jim for short. In doing this, both the Lewises and the Springers had just made the first move in what would become one of the most astonishing, strange but true stories of all time, which would be 39 years in the making before finally coming to light. Now, both boys grew up with the knowledge that they were a twin, however, the details they were told by their respective parents did differ. Whilst Jim Lewis was told that he'd been separated from his twin brother when they were just a few weeks old, Jim Springer's mother had told him when he was a teenager that his twin had passed away at birth. This is the information that the Springers were told during the adoption process, which is odd as it was verifiably not true and the family would have likely adopted both boys had they known the second twin was left behind in the children's home. But whilst his childhood and the first part of his adult life would be spent believing that he was the only surviving twin, Jim Springer's world would change forever in 1977. After the thoughts had continued to play on his mind for years, Jim Lewis decided that he wanted to find out what had happened to the twin brother he'd never known. With very little information to go on, he approached an Ohio courthouse to see whether their records could be of any help to him. He was in luck and before long, he was holding in his hands the contact details of James Arthur Springer. After initially making contact via a telephone call, it actually took the twins around two years to finally meet in person. The details of why this delay happened aren't known, I can only imagine it must have been a very strange thing for them to get their heads around, especially for Jim Springer, who had obviously believed his twin brother hadn't survived their birth. But on the 9th of February, 1979, when the twins were 39 years of age, they finally met. Whilst they started off their meeting with a somewhat stiff handshake, they recall that they soon hugged and burst into laughter. I honestly can't imagine what an amazing feeling it must have been for them both. And when speaking about it, Jim Springer said, I looked into his eyes and saw a reflection of myself. I wanted to scream or cry, but all I could do was laugh. I also found an old clip from the BBC TV show Secret Life of Twins from 1999. And one of the brothers says in an interview clip, It was a very good, warm feeling, you know. It's like you have something favourite of yours and you've lost it and you have to have it, you know. And when you finally find it, it's a good feeling to find that thing. Well, that's what it was with Jim. Words can't really say. He looked visibly moved and it was a really beautiful moment. When they sat down together during that first meeting and began to share stories of their individual lives up until that point, it didn't take long for the gyms to realise that whilst they had been physically apart, their life journeys had been startlingly similar. It begins with their childhoods, Both twins had grown up with a brother, and both of their brothers were named Larry. Again, it's not an uncommon name, but to have two sets of brothers with the same names is starting to feel a little more statistically unlikely. As young boys, both families had a pet dog, and both of these dogs were called Toy. At school, the twins both enjoyed subjects like maths and woodworking, but really struggled with spelling. Individually these things all seem like weird yet wonderful coincidences but not all that entirely unbelievable. The name toy for a dog could have simply been a popular choice at the time and when it comes to the school subjects many children favour numeracy over literacy or vice versa. But as their conversation progressed the gym started to get a little freaked out by what they discovered next. Both men had been married to and subsequently divorced from women named Linda. They had both since remarried, and their second wives' names were both Betty. What's more, they both named their firstborn sons James, and you might be thinking, well, that's not so unusual. They were called James, and they clearly named their sons after themselves. But they also gave their sons the same middle name, Alan, So both of their sons were named James Allen. But as wild as all of that is, it doesn't end there. Both Jims had undertaken law enforcement training, with Jim Lewis eventually becoming a security guard and Jim Springer becoming a deputy sheriff. They drove the same make of car, a Chevrolet, and they were both chain smokers who enjoyed a drink. Which brand of cigarettes and alcohol, you ask? Both the twins favoured Miller Lite beer and smoked the Salem brand of cigarettes. As adults, both men suffered from migraines and headaches which would start at the same time of day. And they shared a number of the same hobbies, including mechanical drawing and carpentry. They'd both also remained in the state of Ohio, living just 70 miles or around 112 kilometres away from each other, even as adults. But it wasn't only their day-to-day lives that held these uncanny similarities they also visited the same Florida beach for holidays and they would always drive to the resort in their Chevrolets with their families. I have to tell you, when I first read all of this information in one go, the first thing I did was try to find out whether this story is actually a hoax. What are the chances of any one or two of these coincidences taking place, let alone this many? This is truly one of the kinds of stories that would have appeared in the strange but true storybooks that I was obsessed with as a kid. And I'd probably have dismissed it as a bit of a half truth or a legend. But in this case, the story is entirely true. By December of 1979, the Jim Twins had captured the attention of the New York Times, and a fascinating article was penned about them by writer Edwin Chen. In the piece, Jim Springer expressed his own disbelief after this initial meeting, saying, This is really blowing our minds just unbelievable. It's weird. It's downright spooky. And Jim Lewis echoed his brother's sentiments, adding details of an additional similarity they discovered, saying we even use the same slang. A lot of times I'll start to say something and he'll finish it. And it wasn't just the media who were fascinated by the twins. Psychologists and researchers jumped at the chance to see what they could learn from both of these men, as their life story was in itself already like a living experiment when you consider the nature versus nurture debate. Were the gyms always destined to lead such strikingly similar lives regardless of whether they were in contact with one another when they were growing up? How much do our genetics determine our life choices and experiences versus the environment in which we grow up? Enter psychologist Dr Thomas J Bouchard Jr, the director of the Minnesota Study of Twins Reared Apart Project. Dr. Bouchard has made the study of twins raised apart from one another his life's work and some of the results he has published over the years have been mind-bogglingly fascinating. The gym twins are possibly his most famous case study and what he discovered when he formally studied them is incredible. Dr. Bouchard shared my initial disbelief when first hearing about the gym twins. He's quoted as saying, if someone else brought this material to me and said, this is what I've got, I'd say I didn't believe it. He went on to add, the probability of two people independently being given the same name is not that rare. But when you start to compound the coincidences, they become highly unlikely very quickly. In fact, I'm flabbergasted by some of the similarities. Dr Bouchard launched his study of around 60 pairs of identical twins in 1979, the Jim twins being included, and conducted tests which focused on things like their medical history, personalities and also their brainwaves. In the BBC interview with the gyms they note that in the first week of the study alone they answered around 10,000 questions on everything from their hobbies and career choices to their abilities and personality traits. Photographs were taken of their eyes and ears and things like their fingerprints, heights and weights were taken too. The doctor recalls a moment during the study when he noticed one of the twins' hands and that he was clearly a nail biter. He thought to himself how funny it would be if the other twin also showed to be someone who bit his nails too. And as he was having the thought, the other Jim put his hand on the table and sure enough he had the same bitten down nails as his brother. Dr. Bouchard laughed as he noted that it's not something that's on any psychological test, but it's just another incredibly interesting similarity between the pair. Eventually, the results came in and Dr. Bouchard was amazed. It was almost as though the same person had taken both tests. Their IQs, medical histories and personalities were virtually identical, as were their brainwave test results. These results have prompted all kinds of theories, including whether the twins perhaps had a telepathic connection to one another. Jim Springer spoke about how he always felt a kind of emptiness that was filled when he eventually met his twin brother. And over the years, some articles have even suggested that he was subconsciously feeling the energy of the twin he thought was deceased, but was actually living his own life just 40 minutes down the road. Dr. Bouchard weighed in on the matter and he did acknowledge that within the study, twins which were as bizarrely similar as the gyms were very much the outliers and that many of the other participants didn't display the same kind of results that they did. It was made clear that the study wasn't suggesting that there was a gene that could cause a person to make life decisions like, say, divorcing a woman named Linda and marrying another named Betty. And those are simply genuine coincidences. Incredibly strange coincidences, but coincidences nonetheless. He was aware that cases like the Jim Twin story do make powerful statements about nature in the nature versus nurture debate. But he was careful to reiterate that from a scientific perspective, it wasn't that straightforward. He said, they are not carbon copies of each other, Their differences are great enough so that they each have their own personality etc. Two twins are like variations on a theme. Ultimately what the study showed is that twins who were separated at a young age and grew up apart were just as alike both physically and psychologically as those who had been raised together in the same household. And one particularly interesting finding that came out of the study related to the gym twins' headaches Both men suffered from what's known as mixed headache syndrome, where a tension headache turns into a full on migraine. Previously, it had been thought that there was no genetic basis for why someone would suffer from these awful headaches, but the twins totally disrupted that thinking. It also led to further questions about stress and its basis in biology. Don't forget, this was 1979 and a lot has changed since then, but it's amazing to think that these two brothers finding one another after 39 years apart led to scientific advancements way beyond just the study of twin behaviour and personality traits. One of my favourite aspects of this as a strange but true story is that you do have your elements which can be explained by science, like the headaches and traits like which academic subjects they preferred. But how do you explain the coincidences in all the names and the holiday destination and the choice of car or beer brand? It's that bit of magic that makes this story so intriguing and so brilliantly weird. And all of this is exactly what I was talking about when I said, I really do believe twins have a special connection. I'm so thrilled that the gyms got a chance to reconnect and share the second parts of their lives together. And by all accounts, it really filled a void in both of their lives and brought them both so much joy. There isn't a lot of information available on what they did post the BBC interview in roughly 1999, although I did find an obituary when looking up Jim Springer's name. He passed away peacefully on the 26th of August, 2016, at the age of 77, and from the words written, you could tell that he was greatly loved by his family and friends. The obituary reads that he was preceded in death by his identical twin brother, Jim Lewis, whose memorial information I then found. He passed away the very same day year, just a few months before his twin brother on the 24th of January. It seems that both men were so well liked and so well regarded and I'm just so glad they were able to find one another again. So whilst the Jim twins have one of the most beautifully strange stories in terms of the sheer number of coincidences and similarities between them, They're not the only twins raised apart from one another who have an amazing story to tell. Now, you all know I love a Guinness World Record, so let's meet the ladies who hold the record as the longest separated twins to have reunited. Anne Hunt and Elizabeth Hamill. On the 28th of February, 1936, in the town of Aldershot in Hampshire, England, which is around 31 miles or 50 kilometres southwest of London, twin baby girls Patricia Susan Lamb and Elizabeth Ann Lamb were born to their mother Alice. Like the Jim twins birth mother, Alice was unmarried and though she worked as a domestic cook, she knew she could not afford to raise both of her daughters alone. Now Elizabeth suffered from curvature of the spine and Alice believed that this would make it difficult for her to be adopted, Remember, this was 1936 and attitudes around medical conditions were very different to what they are today. So she decided to keep Elizabeth with her whilst placing Patricia for adoption. At just five months old, the twin sisters were separated when Patricia was adopted by a local family, still in the town of Aldershot, and her name was changed to Anne Patricia Wilson. Now, when she was around 15 years old, Elizabeth was told that she had a twin sister, but that her sister had been adopted, and she actually remembers seeing Anne's adoption papers, but they were lost when Alice passed away in 1980. Elizabeth actually lived with different family members and family friends for the first few years of her life, as Alice's job and social status as an unwed mother at the time made it very difficult for her to raise Elizabeth alone. Anne, on the other hand, was only told that she was adopted at the age of around 14 when her aunt revealed the news to her. She recalls going home and asking her mother Gladys about it, but remembers that she instinctively used an unusual word, saying were we adopted mum? Anne says she doesn't know why she used the word we and doesn't believe her mum had any idea that she'd originally been a twin and this has led to speculation around whether she somehow subconsciously knew that she was one of two. When Gladys passed away in 2001 Anne decided to look up her own birth certificate and went to the local registry office in Aldershot to collect it. It was then that she finally learned her birth mother's name, Alice Lamb, but there was no mention of a twin sister. Anne's youngest daughter, Samantha, was very much into looking up and piecing together family trees. And with her biological grandmother's name, occupation and former address to go on, Samantha had minimal information yet a useful starting point. After years of dead ends and struggles to find important documents, a breakthrough came in 2013. Samantha was able to track down Alice's step-grandson and he made a life-changing revelation to the family after saying, oh yes, Alice has a daughter in the US. And from there, Anne was on a mission to become reunited with the twin sister she never even realised existed. I truly can't imagine the emotions that she must have felt hearing this news, especially when her daughter, Samantha, presented her with an additional twist in the tale, saying, we found your sister, but there's a bonus. She's your twin sister. Anne and Elizabeth were then able to speak on the phone and Anne's description of this first phone call is so touching she said i was over the moon i couldn't speak i let elizabeth speak mostly i had to pinch myself because i realized i've got a sibling a sister it's so wonderful i'm not on my own anymore i've got no words to say i'm so happy i have elizabeth Finally, on the 1st of May 2014, after 77 years and 289 days apart, it was time for the twin sisters to be reunited. Although Anne was still living in Aldershot, Elizabeth had married a man from the US and moved to Oregon to be with him. Anne flew to the States and Elizabeth made the journey to Fullerton, which is near Los Angeles, where they were eventually reunited. Their meeting was captured by cameras from the BBC and it's such a gorgeous moment. It's on YouTube if you'd like to see it. I really recommend it. The twins' first words to one another were identical with them both exclaiming, how lovely. And that was just the start of the similarities they shared. Although not as extreme as with the gym twins, Anne and Elizabeth definitely had a lot in common. For starters, they had both married men named, wait for it, Jim, that name must have something about it that links it with twin related stories, I swear. Anne married Jim Hunt when she was 25 years old and just three years later in 1964, Elizabeth married her American partner, Jim Hamill. But by the time they met, both women were sadly widowed. And I can only imagine that finding one another gave them so much comfort after losing their husbands. They were both grandmothers, both religious, which we'll talk more about in a moment, and they both loved to act up in front of the camera. When sharing their family photos, both women would be pulling faces or dressing up in silly costumes whenever a camera was about. Now, like with the gym twins, when the word of Anne and Elizabeth's upcoming record-breaking reunion got out, they were contacted by a researcher who specialises in studying twins who have been raised separately. Dr. Nancy Siegel, who's the director of the Twin Studies Centre at California State University, was super keen to meet the sisters and it was her who arranged for them to meet near Los Angeles so they could take part in an ongoing study about twins who have been raised separately. It was sort of a build on the study done in Minnesota which involved the gym twins and involved some new DNA analysis techniques. Dr. Siegel is quoted as saying fascinating work on separated twins shows that here are twins growing up in totally different families, sometimes even totally different cultures, and yet they bring with them similar types of attitudes in politics, religion, social behaviour. Where do these things come from? It's difficult to know exactly but it seems that their genes link to intelligence, personality and temperament just lead them to have similar types of worldviews. This relates back to what I mentioned about both twins being religious. Of course, it's not that crazy of a coincidence, but it is something that's come up time and time again in twin studies. It really is wonderful that Anne and Elizabeth were able to meet in 2014, as sadly, just a few months later, on the 8th of November, Elizabeth passed away, and three years later, on the 16th of December 2017, Anne sadly passed too. Anne's daughter, Samantha, spoke about her aunt's death, saying, Mum was very devastated when her sister died. To find her and then lose her was hard. My mum mourned her deeply, but she bounced back. She was happy to have found her and to have found out more about her birth mother. It was satisfying to see a photo of Alice and to see a resemblance, and also with Alice's mother, Hannah. Finding each other was a gift and now their lovely story is given to the world. If I wasn't already fascinated by twins before putting this episode together, I'm beyond enthralled now. To me personally, there are just too many things that just can't be reasonably explained in these stories for me to put them solely down to science. I mean, the Jim twins story speaks for itself, but the little details in Anne and Elizabeth's story, like Anne automatically saying we instead of I when questioning her mum about her adoption, is just so odd in the best way, of course. Could there be some kind of deep, Hidden consciousness that meant Anne knew she'd shared a womb with her sister and was missing her twin without even knowing she existed. It's not something that would show up in a scientific study, but it's something that will continue to play on my mind. I'm just so happy that both sets of twins I've mentioned today were able to reunite and hopefully find those missing puzzle pieces in their lives. I'm so glad I was able to bring you a more positive topic today. I hope you found this episode as bizarrely fascinating as I did when researching it. There are several other really interesting stories out there should you want to look further into this and many of them can be found if you search for information about the Jim twins and the study that they were involved with. Some of the stories are not as heartwarming as these though, one in particular being the story of long-lost twins Oscar Sturr and Jack Youth but in the interest of keeping this episode lighter I thought I'd skip that one. So many different sources helped with my research today, so let me give my usual shout-outs. There was that piece from the New York Times from 1979, which was amazing, a 1998 piece from the Washington Post, a cbsnews.com article from 2014, an article from ripleys.com, a blog from a site called llifs.com.au, a piece from mamamia.com, The Secret Life of Twins BBC episode, the Guinness World Records website, and a brilliant BBC article from 2014 on Anne and Elizabeth. After I posted the Ursula and Sabina Erickson episode, I had some amazing comments and messages with your thoughts on the twin connection, and I would love to know your views again after listening to today's episode too. If you yourself are a twin, please do feel free to get in touch and let me know any interesting instances where you and your twin have had an unexplained coincidence happen in your lives or strange parallels that might pop up that you never expected. I'd be so intrigued to hear your stories. Also, if there's a story or a general subject that you'd like to hear me cover on the podcast, please do feel free to let me know. I keep a note of every single idea and suggestion that I receive. And I really like to mix and match the kind of topics that I talk about each week. So I'll often dip into that notes page and see what's there. There are so many strange but true stories out there. So if one really captures your attention, please do feel free to pass it along and I'll see what I can do. A little recap on how you can get in touch. On Instagram, the handle is at thingsgetweirdpodcast and on Twitter, it's at abouttogetweird. You can also email me at thingsgetweirdpodcast at gmail.com too. And then we have the Facebook page and the discussion group. So if you search things are about to get weird on there, you'll find both of those. The discussion group is actually now bigger than the main page, which I think is great. So please do feel free to join us over there. Whilst I've been self-quarantined with COVID, it's no exaggeration to say that Spotify your ratings popping up on Spotify have absolutely made my day so if you're enjoying this podcast please do click those stars if you have a spare moment it really does mean the world and it makes a huge difference too a big big thank you to everyone who has left a rating or review and a huge thank you to you for listening today I really hope you've enjoyed this episode until next time take care of yourself and others and keep it weird but the good kind of weird Thank you.